Good evening and good afternoon to Kerry, who is over in America. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, my name is Kerry Peresta. Um, I'm an Air Force brat from a military family. Um, I'm basically from Little Rock, Arkansas, but we've traveled all over the place. And my husband and I recently lived in South Dakota for two years, then in Baltimore, Maryland for five. And we decided we wanted to um, go to the place that we're going to retire before we retire so we can enjoy it and not die in the midst of that. And so we moved to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, six years ago. Uh, we have six kids between us, and I think it's up to 14 grandkids now. I have uh, two wonderful cats that I love. I always have to have a couple cats around. Jim is working at the other end of the house. He has a remote healthcare consultant IT job. And I retired from a 25 year advertising career in 2008. Uh, and I did everything from copywriting to design to uh, account executive uh, representing the client. And that career has very much helped me in my writing career because I know a little about advertising so I can kind of just slide into that role when necessary. I started writing in 2009 when I fell into a humor column situation with a local newspaper in South Dakota. That was so much fun. I wrote an 800 word weekly column, became a little bit of a <clears throat> well-known figure in that town. It was just a lot of fun. But the writing bug bit me there and I thought, well, I'll just try my hand at a book. And so ever since 2009, I've been learning the publishing industry from the ground up, which is not an easy task. And I've made lots of mistakes and I've grown and I've learned and I've taken writing classes and I've become a much better writer. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with where I am now and I look forward to hopefully writing books for years to come. Uh, did you always want to be a writer or was it just when you started to write in the column? Well, I always wanted to figure out what my gifts were and maximize those gifts. So, cause we all have God given skill sets and I would usually just take the easy course. I, I majored in art of all things in college, commercial art, but it helped me with advertising. It was a good way to make a living. So when I got relatively free from having to be a major breadwinner, I thought about what I wanted to do. I was always the go-to person in advertising for writing copy. Everybody dropped their brochures and ads on my doorstep. I, it came very naturally to me. And so I started thinking, well, I probably should explore this and see how far it goes. And I fell in love with it. It was a matter, I was a single parent for a long time. So it was a matter of having the time and being released from being a the primary breadwinner and a mom and all those things, my kids were grown by the time I had time to think, what is it that I would like to do? So writing just, I mean, it, it romanced me. I, I love it. I will do it. I will do it forever. It's just something that I, I am drawn to. And suspense. I didn't even know what my genre was at first, but my genre is on the dark side. I like bizarre twisty plots. And that's, that's what I'm writing, much to my surprise. 
And um, have you been a big reader? Have you always read? Yes. Yes. My mom would take me to the library when I was a little girl and we'd come home with stacks of books, you know, five, three feet high. And I would have three books going at once and I would have a dictionary by my side to look up those words that I didn't know what they meant. I, I fell in love with words early. Um, and is it a series you're writing? Yes. And yes. did you know when you wrote the first book that it was going to be a series? Oh, that's a good question. No, I did not. But my publisher suggested it. And I kicked against that because I had always thought of myself as a standalone writer. I couldn't wrap my head around the concept of an ongoing character. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, why not? So, so I did, and as it turns out, it's been a great journey because I don't have to lay all the groundwork. I'm working on book two now of the Olivia Callahan suspense series. And I'm 66,000 words in, as you know, 80,000 words is a book of the first draft. So then I'll have a month or two of editing to do before I send it off to my publisher. But it's, it's been a great deal of fun to get to explore my characters deeper and add some new ones. So it's, it's been a journey for sure. And if you were a character in your own books, would you get on with your main characters? I would be, my protagonist, Olivia Callahan, is, uh, was raised in a dysfunctional home and she is bereft of common sense in, in choosing men, mainly. And so she's a bit of a doormat when we first meet her. She has an amazing resurrection. The name of my book is The Deadening. And the premise is, it is the story of this woman's deadening and her subsequent resurrection after an assault that rewired her brain to the point that her personality is upside down. And instead of shy and retiring, she ends up now being aggressive, bold, and darkly humorous. And her friends and her family are amazed. So I would be impatient with her at first. And then afterwards, I would be in awe of her watching her spread her wings and fly. And she has no memory of her past or how she was. So she is still trying to regain bits of her memory so she can remember her daughter's childhoods. But her husband, the, the antagonist, is a, is a very emotionally crippled, horrible man. He's a rager. He's a controller. He's not a physical abuser, but he abuses with his words and with his actions. So um, I, wouldn't, I would stay way far away from him. I'd never go near him at all. <laughs> Um, and if you were able to go into your books as a character yourself, which book would you choose? As a character myself, um, well, you're throwing me some curveballs. Uh, my first book was much more autobiographical in nature because I was always taught right what you know. So my first book, the character's name is Isabel Lewis. 
Izzy for short, and she is addicted to online dating. And so my journey um, after some tragic, terrible divorces was that of trying not to get married again and just date and be objective and and uh, recognize men that were healthy and kind and dependable, which is tough sometimes because the bad guys camouflage themselves. And uh, so I was online dating for a long time. And I thought, what if we roll this out to the absolute darkest it could be? Because there's so much potential for wrong decisions in online dating. If you're not smart about it, you can fall into a big, big hole. And so that's what that book is about. So I relate to her and she's a single parent. So I relate to her um, the most, I think. Um, do you put any secret jokes or messages in your books that only a few people will understand? Yes, my kids. <laughs> four grown adult kids they're like oh mom you didn't have to put that in there <laughs> just different things different juxtapositions of their actions over the years and their proclivities their habits sometimes I'll I'll put in there I always have a cat in there and um jokes like well I put my coffee I always drink a uh Starbucks latte grande with half and half, not brevet, with two pumps of raspberry. So I'll put something like that in there. I have Markham is my favorite Merlot. I will mention Markham. I do those kind of things once in a while as a touchstone. And yes, I absolutely put things in that have gone on before that are funny, that are kind of little secrets. Only, only certain people close to me would know. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, do you have any um, fears or phobias and would you write about them? Sure. Um, I think all of us, I think fear <clears throat> is the underlying theme of everything I write. Fear of being alone, fear of rejection, fear of poverty, fear of marrying the wrong man, fear of not being a good enough mo mother. I mean, there are so many fears that we as human beings struggle with. So yes, I would say I always play upon those fears, but I always put a lot of light in my books where there's hope. And there may be a muted kind of life lesson along the way that I've learned along the way that I weave into my plot because my books always start out with a theme and the theme of the rising, my current my book number two in Olivia Callahan series is overcoming. The theme in um, my first book, Olivia Callahan, the deadening is uh, persistence, perseverance. So yeah. I talk about fears and phobias, but I also talk about a way out. Um, is there any book that you wish you'd written? You just have great questions. <laughs> I've never gotten that one. 
written. Oh my goodness. Oh, Louise Jensen. Are you familiar with her? She's a British. Oh my God. I, I wish I'd written every one of her books. The suspense. Ones. I haven't read her women's fiction, but Louise Jensen is a genius as far as I'm concerned in the way she weaves a tale and just makes you hungry for more. You cannot put her books down. So that there are several authors that if I thought about it and went back, I like the ones that weave a suspenseful tale like Louise and that don't let you go. But I also like the ones that have word pictures that don't let you go. That, that I can see it in my mind, but it's put in such a delightful way that you would have never thought about it. And Dean Koontz is one of those that does that with words that paints these dramatic, awesome, the spiky nails of rain pummeled the windshield and stuff like that. Very dark, very creative. So, of course, but I'd say Louise Jensen tops my list right now of suspense authors that I'd love to emulate. I'm sure she'd be thrilled to hear that as well. Um, have you got lots of author friends um, and do you have any British author friends? I have lots of author friends and I met them at writing conferences because, as you know, writing is a very lonely game. And we're very isolated unless we choose to get out there and and join ourselves to groups. So there's writing groups here locally that I'm a part of. And then I go to a conference or two every year and meet all kinds of people at those conferences and we stay in touch. And what I found is my author friends are the most supportive people that I've ever met. They are, even if they're best-selling uh, well-versed authors that have been in the business for decades, they will help a fellow author up that's just starting. So I, I love my author friends. And yes, I have many. No British ones though. I don't, I don't think I do. My publisher has some British authors in, in their stable, but I don't know them. So it, uh, as far as I know, it applies the same for British authors. They're great as well. So yeah, they're a very supportive bunch as well. And I, I mean, I speak to them and they're all lovely. So. <laughs> so do you dream of becoming an author sometime? Yes. Ah, there you go. See, well, this is wonderful what you're doing, all this research, because you'll be prepared when you get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've learned a lot um, in the last six months, that's for sure. Um, do you also get a lot of feedback from your readers? I do. They are so wonderful. They, um, I nag everybody to give me a review, of course. And so they do. And then when they see me on the street, anywhere locally, they're like, so when's your next book coming out? They're just so excited for me. They're so blessed for me. And, and that, I don't know. It's, it's funny. When I first became an author, I thought it was so cool that I could say, well, I'm a writer because of the prestige attached to that automatically. But actually when you are a working writer, I mean, it doesn't pay much. It's, there is a ton of rejection attached to it. 
there's a lot of research involved. It isn't just laying the words on the page. They have to be accurate words on the page. And if you're writing about an investigative unit, you better know details about that investigative unit and the guns. You better know how they work and what they're called. And um, it's, it, it's hard work, it's hard work. And so now people are so impressed with author and I'm not going, you just don't know. <laughs> you just, <laughs> I love it, but it is tough. You, you sweat drops of blood, I'll tell you. Um, what's the most interesting thing you found while researching your books? What was I just researching? The difference between a taser and a stun gun. Okay, didn't know there was a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. Stun guns are outlawed. They can actually kill people and immobilize them where a taser shoots out these two little electronic shock darts. They're attached by gossamer line, like fishing line or something. They go out there and, and you have to be 15 feet away for it to work and it causes a 30 second involuntary muscle lapse. So you are um, unable to move. And that's just top of mind because I had to research that yesterday or the day before. So I find out all kinds of interesting things and like poisons, how easy it is to poison somebody. I mean, I'm on a podcast, four authors, four of us have gotten together to create a panel we call ourselves, the podcast is called Guns, Knives, and Lipstick. Women authors, we're all with the same publisher, and we're gonna do one whole panel on the different poisons, how to use poison effectively. <laughs> the, the poison that it is least possible to be discovered, that type of thing. It's so funny. And there's all kinds, it's so easy to poison somebody. It's, it's, it's uh, I'm just kind of stunned to find out how easy it is actually to, to kill somebody. So the research on the murder part of the books that I write has been very eye-opening. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Sue Grafton. Have you read her books? So, you know, Kinsey Milhone captured my imagination from an early age. I don't know. I discovered her books probably in the 80s. And I just couldn't get over how cool Kinsey was. I know. You remember that character? She had one yeah. black dress that was <laughs> like, it never wrinkled. She could wad it up, throw it in the back of her car, and it looked great when she put it on. It didn't matter as long as it was clean. <laughs> She always wore a turtleneck and jeans. That was her uniform. She lived next to Henry, this old doddering sweet man that was forever baking for her. Anyway, it just captured me totally. And so that's just stuck with me. That really has been in the back of my brain as if I wrote anything fiction that it would go in that direction and it has. Yeah, I, I love that actually, because yeah, she doesn't get spoken about very often. And yet I love her books so much. Um, um, yeah. I did. Oh, go ahead. I was, I guess, just because 
it's set in the past a bit so it doesn't have the you know she uses a typewriter doesn't she and index cards and and I guess there's something sort of I don't know it's it's just nice to read right well I just like her books and I liked that it was so concise the way she did the A for alibi, B for burglar, C for whatever. I don't know. It was just genius because you cannot forget her books, the alphabet books, Sue Grafton's alphabet books. <laughs> yeah. She she just uh, it was amazing. I would have loved to have met her. So hopefully in heaven, maybe we can sit down and have a cup of coffee or tea, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's such a shame she never got to Z. She was so close, but. Right, right. She died. She died early, right? She wasn't that old. No. I don't think. I don't think 60s, maybe. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to chat with her. Yeah, me too. Um, who was your first celebrity crush? Hmm. I, oh, oh, I know. You would, you're too young to remember the show, The Virginian. It was a Western, an American Western, James Drury. I was 12 years old and my friend and I, I lived in Omaha, Nebraska at the time. My dad was stationed there and my friend and I, Roxanne Draculich, we formed a James Drury fan club. And then from there, I must like dark haired men, although my husband isn't dark haired, but from there, Bonanza, Adam, I had a crush on Adam, the older brother. So those are my first two. Nice. You're pulling out of me. It's very creative <laughs> there. Come on out. I know. It's fun. I, I think you've fun got that it. mind. <laughs> that noodles around somebody's brain. Yeah, well, you can't say it was boring. Not at all. Who doesn't like those out? Of, I mean, I just love those kind of questions. I have a game actually that's called Table Topics. My husband hates it when I drag it out, but with, when we have guests over to dinner and we don't know each other very well, you pick out a card and it's kind of questions somewhat like yours, but just all over the place, not riveted on writing. And um, the more we answer, the more interesting it becomes and everybody enjoys it. So, so yeah, I like this. This is a lot like table topics for authors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so if I was to ask your husband or those closest to you what your most annoying habit is, what would they say? Trying to fix everything, trying to tell everybody what to do, trying to be um, the controller. The If somebody tells me something's going on, it's a problem. I'm saying, well, you should blah, 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 blah. Well, they may not want to hear that. So I have to curtail my instincts to tell everybody what to do because not everybody wants to do it the way that I see it should be done. So. Oh, that's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sure your way is perfect. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Nothing I do is, there's nothing wrong with anything I do ever. <laughs> Um, if you were able to go back to any time in history, would you? Where would you like to go back to? 1930s and 40s. I love Humphrey Bogart and that whole crime noir scene. 
I love Ingrid Bergman and the Maltese Falcon and uh, African Queen and I love the clothes, the platform heels, the hats, you know, and the men wore those great, what were those hats called? Everybody had a hat. Every man had a hat. Yeah, I probably know, but my brain is I just... can't. Anyway, that it would be that the and the music, the jazz, the birth of the jazz happened at that time. And oh my gosh, I just love all of that. And I even love the orchestral music of the time. Um, I can't remember those band leaders. Anyway, I like the music. I, I liked the whole, I didn't like the gangster part of everything. <laughs> you don't think about that. All the murders going on and all the machine guns and all that stuff and the whiskey running. But um, I loved the time period and the, the romance of it. Um, if you were to be stranded on a desert island, what three things would you want with you? Um, a Bible would be my top one. Uh, it's a toss up between coffee and wine. <laughs> Take the wine. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs coffee when you've got wine? <laughs> and uh, my kids. I guess that's a collective, but that would be, well, I guess I'd have to put my husband in there. <laughs> Maybe we're thinking things and not people. I don't know. That's fine. You can have people. I mean, it's, okay. you know, All right. it's only okay. a fantasy. So, okay. So my kids and husband. <laughs> and wine. Yeah. Sounds like a good, good break. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, I forgot what I was going to ask. Oh, uh, what's been your favorite moment so far of being an author? My favorite what? Moment so far. I think um, my launch event for this book, my kids, unbeknownst to me, got together and planned a launch. I mean, with the COVID business going on and all of that, I I didn't even think about a launch event because you really couldn't get out and do anything without a mask. I didn't like wearing a mask. And uh, I think there was just kind of an overarching depression on the country, on everybody, and it hit me too. And my kids were like, no way, mom. All I could think about was all the work it would be to get an event together. Well, <clears throat> they reserved the place. It was a beautiful venue in a wine shop and they actually have tasting for us and it had marble counters and columns and they made it look so nice and my books came in in the nick of time I thought I was going to have to have a launch without books for anybody they hadn't come they were supposed to and with COVID everything was delayed and I was just wringing my hands over the whole thing well they showed up at 5 p.m and my event started at 6 I was like, oh my gosh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. But it was, it was just a blessing. All those people just celebrating my book. And um, it, it turns out that everybody has loved the book. And it, it was just a great kickoff. And it was a blessing that my children were the ones that, that thought about it. So I think that's been my favorite moment so far. Well, that's lovely. And what amazing kids as well. That's really awesome. They are. I've got four grown, two boys, two girls, and they're all amazing. 
And what's your biggest dream? Um, my biggest dream would be to be able to write until my cold, stiff fingers can't even function on the keyboard anymore. And for the books to be exciting and relevant to people, to make a difference. I want my books, I want, yeah, books entertain and we read it for escape, but we also read it, it along the way, we can think about things, topics and problems and challenges that the characters overcome that they may have in their own lives. And so that's my heart's desire is that I can bring hope or inspiration or relief to people that may be hopeless with my books. And um, that's what I hope that as I build my fan base with this series and beyond that um, people would enjoy and be entertained, but also be inspired in their lives with my, with what I write. Um, are you working on anything at the moment and what's coming next for you? Yes, I'm working on book two in the Olivia Callahan suspense series. Um, Olivia is on the move. The book is called The Rising and um, her husband is, uh, he has a heart filled with revenge for what he considers to be what she has done to him, which all controller slash sociopaths think things are always everybody's fault and not their own. And she is trying to figure out now that she is somewhat healed and free what to do with her life. So in order to do that, she has to look back to go forward and her brain injury still won't let her reclaim her memories. And so that's, that's an issue. So she's exploring her identity and she is trying to figure out her path. And also I'm, we are re-releasing my first book, The Hunting, about a woman um, addicted to online dating. I'm working on that now also. And then there will be a book three in the Olivia Callahan suspense series. And that's all I've got on the radar so far at this time. Well, I don't think I have any more questions for you, unless you think there's anything I haven't asked you that you want to tell us. I think you have covered the an author's ground sufficiently. <laughs> I think you have plumbed <laughs> the depths of what I have to say. <laughs> Then I have done my job, and that's good. <laughs> yes, you have. You have done your job. So would you like to tell everyone where they can buy your books and where they can find out more about you? Um, my website is kerryperesta.net. K-E-R-R-Y-P-E-R-E-S-T-A dot net. You can also Google my name. Everything will pop up. I'm on Instagram under Carrie Peresta. I'm on Facebook under Carrie Peresta. Uh, my, my author page is on under Carrie Peresta. I'm on Twitter. I don't do a lot of Twitter, but I just kind of hop on there once a week or something. Um, and you can buy my books at every online venue out there. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, ev anywhere online that books are sold and most bookstores have an online arm right now and 
it will all have my book. And the, the name of my book is The Deadening. And there will be two more follow-up books to follow after this wonderful, twisty, suspense story. Thank you very much. You're welcome.